0: This morning we're looking at providential appointments, providential appointments and we, I have spoken on this about a decade ago but we all have providential appointments. In fact, everything that happens in our lives happens through the providence of God. Isn't that true? There's nothing happens by chance. If we recognise who God is and how great he is, how awesome and how knowledgeable he is, everything is worked out before and we'll see that in scripture this morning. But we're looking basically at three appointments with God, providential appointments. We have many appointments. (coughs) My last dentist appointment was 50 years ago, trying to work it out, 50 years ago. And I'm glad I don't have to go to the dentist anymore. I, I hate sitting in the chair there or in the waiting room and healing the ki- kids squealing <laughs> in the other rooms. I was only a young person then. And uh, I thought, that's painful. <laughs> you're yeah, getting nervous before you get there. In our day, they didn't have... I think they put ointment on before they put the needle in there, but you're just straight into the hard gum with a needle. And um, <clears throat> my last appointment was when I was only 17, got them all out. And uh, <laughs> I... I, I it's harder to chew now, but it's, it's not painful. But all those bad teeth, and it wasn't from sugar because we lived on a farm and we lived on, I don't know what it was, inbuilt. And um, <clears throat> they all came out. Like Lack <laughs> like of sugar. I think I've made up for that since we got married and we go past some takeaways now and then. But <laughs> praise the Lord for all the things that he does in our life, but appointments. Maybe it's an appointment to, for an interview. We haven't been for one for a long time or never been to one. That sort of can be a shaky time. Uh, you're not looking forward to it and you plan your best and seem to fumble over your words <laughs> for well, what you should say and how you should present yourself. But there are these three appointments that are very, very important. And you see, these ones you're going to keep you're not going to be late, you're not going to be early, you will be right on time and you're going to keep them whether you like it or not. And these things are mentioned in scripture. Let's pray before we look at these three. Thank you Heavenly Father that you are in control of all that's happening. Some things are a result of our sinful world, many things are a result of that. Many things are the result of the enemy working, the old devil. But Lord, these things are allowed to bring about your purposes eventually. And I pray, Lord, that we would recognise this and Lord, that we would know that you're in control of our lives and and we who are Christians, Lord, would acknowledge that and not get bitter about the circumstances that come our way in life. But we would grow better and closer to you. Bless the word as it is open today, bless in the junior church as the word is shared over there too. And we ask that your name might be exalted and lifted up, for we pray in the name of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. Amen. First of all, you have the stated appointment with God. Let's go to chapter 9 of Hebrews and verse 27. This is where this is Stated, a stated appointment. Chapter 9 verse 27 among all, and you can read it in its context but it says, and it is appointed unto man once to die. It is appointed unto man once to die. Who's planning to die here? (laughs) I don't think we're into that, are we? (laughs) We're not planning to do that but we are going to die. <laughs> you know, we might be young and we might, you know, we have all the energy and, and live on the right food, but we eventually will die. You see some people, over a hundred, I saw so, someone there being interviewed a hundred and ten and she was still sprightly with her mind. That would be great to be that when you're a hundred and ten, a <laughs> hundred, ninety even, even <laughs> nowadays, but to, to be sharp with mind, maybe not the body. But eventually, everyone's going to die. This would have been the hardest sermon to preach before the flood because they were living up to 900 years old. So, well, I've got 100 years, two, four, five hundred 4, 500 years to go. <laughs> but <clears throat> not today. The, the Bible has definitely said that we've got 70 years and if we live more than that, we are blessed. It says that in Scripture. In 2 Samuel 14 verse 14 it says For we must needs die and are all as spilled water on the ground which cannot be gathered up again, neither does God respect any persons. We're like spilled water on the ground we're going to die and once that's gone, that's gone. We know for a Christian we've got eternal life. For the unsaved there is eternal life but it's in hell, not in heaven. In Isaiah 38 verse 1, Hezekiah is told to set his house in order because you're going to die. And so he had more of an inclination of when it was going to happen, God told him. And he wept before the Lord and God gave him another 15 years to live. And someone wrote an article about that, maybe he should have died 15 years earlier because all the things that happened in that 15 years and the apostasy and slipping away from the Lord wasn't good. God had a plan but he listened to Hezekiah's prayer. This appointment, this stated appointment of death must be kept. There is only one generation that's going to escape that and only two other men in the Bible that got got around it. (laughs) Can you remember the two men that got around without dying? I mean went out of this world without dying? Enoch Enoch and Elijah. They got away with that maybe they'll be coming back to die who knows (laughs) Uh, there are two witnesses later on that's spoken about in the book of Revelation could be there may not be but we have this stated appointment it must be kept it may be this year Hmm. in Jeremiah 28 and verse 16 Hananiah the false prophet died for lying and it was then and it was quick Do, do any of us know whether we'll be here next week or even next year no And so we as people need to reckon on the fact that by the grace and mercy of God we're still alive. (laughs) And we have opportunity to do what's right and pleasing to God now instead of putting it off till another day. Let's turn to Luke's Gospel chapter 12. Luke's Gospel 12 and verse 18 says this. It's the parable of the rich fool and he said this will I do I will pull down my barns and build greater and there will I bestow my fruits and my goods and I will say to my soul soul thou hast much goods laid up for many years take thine ease, eat, drink and be merry just a couple of weeks ago I hadn't been down into Victoria for a year and a half or something but I went down there and going along the road you know it's like different scenery houses Sheds, houses, sheds, all the way down had been built over that, that 18 months. And I'm not saying they're doing what this man did, but most of us or they would be doing that. We've got so much, we have to build another shed to hold it all, to store it. Laid up for many years. I've got a great super fund. I, not, not me. This man, this man saying, I've got a big super fund. I'm going to. And how many people have. They've quit work and they've died we don't know when it may be tonight and notice what the Lord said in this parable God said to him in verse 20 thou fool this night thy soul shall be required of thee then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided how will they spend it what will they do with all that hard work that you've stored up but this that's that's the finish of it tonight you're going and we don't know it could be have you ever been close have you ever just got through in a squeeze from an accident that happened behind you (laughs) I remember being pinned to the bulldozer seat with a great big log somehow got in in mixed up with the canopy in the the bulldozer and came through and it it was like a seesaw it was on some other logs and it spun around and just in just reached the levers enough to move that it moved the other way. And you think and I was way out in the back of the back of Jimbrough. It just bushed from there out, right through the divide great divide, but you you think of those occasions. Maybe you've gone somewhere and then you looked at the news and there's a, a bad accident that happened where you'd just been. You see, we don't know God knows that appointed time, but we will keep it it could be this year, it could be tonight it may be in the next moment Notice Job said this in chapter 34 and verse 20 In a moment shall they die and the people shall be troubled at midnight and pass away and the mighty shall be taken away without a hand and that's Job, you know what happened to Job and all the troubles he wasn't about to die He didn't know if he was going to die But he felt like he was dead With all the troubles that he had All his family taken away And in a, within a week all his, all his animals and all his flocks gone Wife said curse God and die <laughs> No he wasn't about He kept on I, Though he slay me He said I will believe on him and, he, and it was like almost death. When is death coming? I'm, I'm in this ash heap, scrap, scratching, uh, scraping my sores, my boils with potsherds, broken potsherds. It, it's good as being dead. But God gave him life, gave him a new family, gave him new, doubled his possessions. It wasn't time. It was for a testimony's sake and for the ability for us to look back and be encouraged when troublesome times come. It may be the devil being allowed to do in your life what's happening. But God knows how far. He knows and takes us to the point where he will not attempt us, it says in Scripture, above that which we are able, but will with a temptation provide a way of escape in those troublesome times as he did with Joan. So <clears throat> it could be the next step. David said in 1 Samuel 20 and verse 3 and remember David was hunted by Saul all over the country of Israel and it says there he said to Jonathan as the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth there is but a step between me and death. There is a step between me and death. 1 Samuel 20 and verse 3. What does Amos tell us in the Old Testament chapter 4 and verse 12 If I start the verse, see if you can finish it. Prepare to meet thy God. Okay, I thought you might all know that. Prepare to meet thy God. That's what we need to do, knowing it could be in the next step. Knowing it could be today. Knowing it could be this week or this year. But it's going to happen. We need to prepare. We need to to prepare to meet our God. And face him. This appointment is set by God, as it tells us in Job. This appointment stops all earthly activity, no matter how interesting, no matter how important we think it is. What have we got planned for this week? Some of you are retired, and you got not much. To, but anyway, you you plan for. I shouldn't have gone there. You you plan for what you're going to do. Some are working. And you've got all those plans and the boss has got plans for you. Some are self-employed and you've got plans for this week. They're supposed to be pushing dirt this week. (laughs) Who knows, it mightn't be wet where it is down there. But we've all got plans. But they can all be interfered with. And all those plans were set aside. When the death happens in the family, everything stops, doesn't it? (laughs) And, and there's a whole week where we're preparing for a funeral or two weeks where there's things that we need to do to meet the needs of the hour. But death changes everything. It stops all earthly activity. And in Ecclesiastics, let me read that one. Ecclesiastics chapter 3 and verse 20 and down to 22. It says, All go unto one place. All are of the dust, and shall return to the dust again. Who knoweth the spirit of man that goeth upward? You know, the body goes to the dust, but the spirit goes upward. And what's up? Heaven. What's down? Hell. That's what it says in the references in the Bible. And the spirit of the beast that goeth downward to the earth. Wherefore I perceive there is nothing better than... That a man should rejoice in his own works, for that is his portion. For who shall bring him to see what shall be after him? For a Christian, there's some answers there, isn't there? We know in the Bible what's going to be after us. We know in the Bible what's going to happen to this world. We know in the Bible what's going to happen to our spirit and our soul that flies to heaven upon death. That it will be reunited with our body one day, our new body. Not this old one. It probably looked the same. I, I don't know. <laughs> they, they didn't recognize the Lord Jesus. Those two, two people on the way to Emmaus, but because their eyes were holding, maybe God stopped them from. But there were those at the Mount of Transfiguration. It was it Peter, James, and John that saw Moses and Elijah? Wasn't it? And they they, they said they they knew them already. uh, the Lord didn't say oh this is Moses and this is Elijah it seems that they knew them and so at that time in heaven we we know these things will be for us as Christians there is great expectations for the future but for the unsaved person there is no expectation at all if they die and it finishes everything that's it there's only judgment to look forward to, which is a terrible judgment we'll mention in a moment. Um, <clears throat> this appointment strips of all earthly possessions. Job said in chapter 1 verse 21, Naked came I into the world, and naked I will fly out of this world. First Timothy 6.7 in the New Testament says, Much the same, for we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can take nothing out we can carry nothing out hmm. there is a few things that biblically we can say we can take not things but can you remember anything that we could take to heaven our, our children and grandchildren and our friends and the family we witness to Paul said, ye are my rejoicing. He's talking to different groups, different local churches. You will be in heaven because I testify to you. What a great thought. It says in the Bible, and their works do follow them. So you can have a little train with some works in it. I don't know how, how it works, but as we go to heaven, the works do follow us. And whether they be good works or bad works, for the unsaved it's bad works. For Christians there can be some bad ones too. But for, for a Christian there's all those works we've done in the power of the Holy Spirit with the Lord giving us strength to that we'll be rewarded for. Read First Corinthians 3. And their works do follow them. And there's another one, oh, I can't think of it, I didn't write it down. <laughs> but you think of it. Scripts of all earthly possessions can't take it. any You know, whether you be Gina Reinhardt, richest lady in Australia, I think. I don't know about the world, but very, very rich. Well, maybe I should go for a plane plane ride and with, or to take take one of my daughters with me and say they were flying over there and they saw all this rusty stuff down there. That's iron. And they went back minded. Look at her now. It was a, just a plane trip, they're flying low, that they saw that. They heard, I've read the test, well, the account of where they did that. But when she dies, if she's not a Christian, or if she was a Christian, how much can she take to heaven? Or, or wherever? Huh. Nothing. Zero. The same as you and I. Let's get it in perspective so that we live our life preparing one day to die, because we all all will die this appointment levels all ranks and this appointment will be kept secondly the second appointment we have a solemn appointment with God in judgment as we started out with Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 27 that read as is appointed unto man once to die and the other half of that verse gives us the second point but after this the judgment after this death the judgment. And it is spoken about in Scripture. It is being put there by God that we might be warned. In chapter 17 and verse 30, we read this. Paul is preached, and this is the Bible reading of this morning. He's preached to them at Mars Hill, and he said in verse 30, In the times of this ignorance, God winked up, winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere the whole world in all time to repent because why, why should we repent well it tells us in the next verse he, God, hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained concerning which he hath given assurance unto all men in that he hath raised him from the dead who has been raised from the dead? The Lord Jesus Christ, the first fruits, the first, ga- the first gatherings of God. He's given assurance that he will judge all men by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If he has been raised, everybody will be raised, Christian and non Christian, some to a, a, a judgment called the Bema Seat, and some to a great white throne judgment at the end of time. He's appointed a day in which he will judge the world. And you say, well, I've not done too bad. I can tick all my good ones off, you know. My, you, we've got the old scales that mum used to have, those green things. You might have had them green things too. And they had a plate here and a plate there and it was on the. It was about that wide. Remember them? Not the less electronic stuff. Uh, and, and over here we've got all our good works on this side and there's It's heavily weighed down and over here we've got the righteousness of God (laughs) and our good good works can never equal the righteousness of God or if you want to put, you can put anything in that scale and you're always going to come out indebted to God whichever way the scales fall. We have this solemn appointment. We're going to die, it's going to happen, we can't stop it. And it is, at, it is at an appointed time too. Maybe another scarier thing than the dentist is going to court if you're guilty. If you're not guilty, you can go with confidence. But if you are guilty, you can go with fear and trepidation because you don't know what sentence is going to be given. But it's going to be, there's a certain, you know, the court sets a day and you're in, that's your day in court. And you have to fail. But our day in the heaven heavenly run court, there's not going to be a barrister there, there's not going to be a solicitor, there's not going to be a lawyer. There's no one can do stand up for our defense. There's God the judge and we the guilty or the one being judged. And that's it. And there's no appeals, there's nothing. God makes the announcement. Our works are are laid bare and unsafe people it's going to be terrifying to stand before God on that terrible day and be judged it's going to happen Romans chapter 14 and verse 10 tells us but why dost thou judge thy brother why dost thou set at nought thy brother for we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ this is for Christians For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. We can cover things in this life. They had the pastors pastors and wives retreat there. We, you know, was talking about this, you know, the honesty of the preacher. (laughs) And the honesty is we are guilty as anyone. (laughs) We are sinners saved by the grace of God like you if you're a Christian. And we were deserving of hell too. But God in his grace and mercy saved us like he saved you. But we all will keep this appointment at the judgment seat. is called the judgment seat of Christ. In other places it's called the beamer seat. And all must face that beamer seat. Over in the book of chapter chapter 12 verse 13 and 14 it says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. You know, this is the summary of life. Solomon later on got wiser than he was earlier <laughs> and he wrote this Ecclesiastics and he said this is the sum of it all. Fear God, keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man. Good conclusion, isn't it? <laughs> for God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing whether it be good or whether it be evil. That's the last two verses of the book of Ecclesiastics. Read them. Meditate upon them. It'll all be brought into judgment. <clears throat> For the Christian, we've already read Romans 14, but in 2 Corinthians 5:10, it reads, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every man may receive the things done in his body, whether it be good or bad. The same tone the same words are used good or bad and in ecclesiastic good or whether they be evil. These things all will be judged. We must face it. And so we have a Solomon appointment with God in judgment. We must keep it. We must face it. And in the book of Revelation let's just look there. We've talked about the terrible, terrible thing that will happen to all unsaved people who die in their sins and do not receive the Lord Jesus as their Saviour and that he bears their sins In they confess they are sinners. It says this is where they'll appear in Revelation 20 verse 11 it reads and I saw a great white throne. It's It's not the judgment seat of Christ, very different words. It's at a different time, different place, different people. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away. There was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened and another book was opened which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things that are written in the books according to their works there it is again this is unsaved people who have died are now resurrected and are judged according to their works as the books are opened God is keeping the records and the sea gave up the dead that were in it and the death and hell delivered up the dead that were in them and they were judged every man according to their works and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire that's the final place of the unsaved people after judgment. This is the second death. They died physically now they're dying eternally and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. We need to think about it. If we're not a Christian if you're listening in today and you're not a Christian You really need to get serious about what life's about. If you don't and don't face the fact that you're a sinner and need salvation now, this is where you'll be. And if you're listening and you end up there, you are guilty again for rejecting the message that Jesus can save, Jesus can cleanse of your sins. The last appointment it's a much better appointment. So we've seen, all will be, all will face the appointment with death. All will face an appointment with judgment. Christians at the Beamer seat or the judgment seat of Christ. Non-Christians at the Great White Throne judgment. God is the judge. All judgment has been given to the Lord Jesus. And the last one, the last appointment, you may have an appointment with God in salvation that's a wonderful thought isn't it that somewhere in life God will come knocking at your heart's door behold I stand at the door and knock if any man hear my voice and open the door I will come into him and sup with him and he with me have you done that yet have you heard God knocking maybe today Maybe if you're listening in, it's today that God is knocking and saying, I need to become a Christian. I need to get right with God. I need to experience his forgiveness through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. He comes knocking. In 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 9 it reads, For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ. And I know it's talking to Christians. But salvation, the salvation of our body is yet to happen. That's the adoption that's spoken about in Scripture. Who died for us, that is the Lord Jesus, that whether we wake, we're alive, or whether we sleep, we're dead, we should live together with him. That's security, isn't it? Dead or alive, if we're a Christian, we're saved, we're in him. 2 Peter 3 and verse 9 says the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some men count slackness but is long suffering toward us not willing that anybody should perish but that all should come to repentance we've already read that verse he commandeth all men everywhere to repent today repent turn to the Lord Jesus Christ you have have you experienced that appointment some experience disappointment, yes, as young as four, they understand the gospel. Some wait until they're on their last leg, we say, and it's you know, in their 70s, 80s, 90s, to get saved. That's, that's dangerous, don't you think? <laughs> that you wait until the last minute to become a Christian. You hear some people say when they're spoken to by the Lord and they're convicted and, and God's knocking and they're young and they say, "Well, no, I'm going to live my life and and then when when I get old, I'll I'll get right with God." Dangerous, dangerous. You don't know the day when you might be taken in death. Need to get right with God today, as it says in Second Corinthians six two. Behold. Now is the accepted time behold now is the day of salvation don't put it off when god speaks to you we all have a testimony we should if we're Christ- well we're, if we're Christians we do if we if we don't have a testimony we need to get right with god today but was it a a friend at work that talked to you was it a missionary Larry down here on the streets was it at the go-kart track there you go <laughs> at the go-kart track where brother Lewis got all over Larry and Larry wanted to bop him <laughs> he didn't bop him but he, he wanted to yes you know how dare you call me I'm, I'm a good churchgoer, right yeah I'm a church goer I go to church all the time I'm a Christian and he wasn't a Christian Sometimes it takes a hard blow to make people up, doesn't it, Larry? (laughs) Sorry I'm picking on you. (laughs) But maybe it was mum and dad. Maybe it was in Sunday school over here. Maybe it was in a camp somewhere. But we all got a testimony. And I think if we went around today, you know, it was here, it was here, it was there. That I faced God and the reality that I'm going to die and I need salvation. And if you haven't done it, Today is the day of salvation. To, tomorrow it might be. T- tomorrow, tonight, even this afternoon, the Lord could come. That will finish it all for the offer of salvation as we have it today. This is an appointment we need to keep. I've never been back to the place where I got saved. Where well, the place it was the it was the Essendon Public Hall it's probably been bulldozed by now, but fifty. 50 something years ago there with the, the preacher preaching the, the conviction of the Holy Spirit remember it clearly that I need to do something I need to die to live and i die to live right and, then, and I told you all that already you know okay this afternoon I open the door and roll out of the car on the freeway die to live that's what the evangelist said <laughs> and I was believing him but you know I had the wrong conception of what he meant by that he was talking to Christians you've got to die to self to live the Christian life but uh, Brother Ridley preaching the word that night understood and comprehended and I remember many people isn't it sad today we don't see a lot of people walking forward in in Burton Street Baptist that I referred to last week the Union Baptist way up there in in Sydney in 1930 well in those days with Pastor Lamb preaching there there was a hundred people being saved every year truly getting saved Not just a head knowledge, it was a heart change in their life. (coughs) Isn't it sad that that's not happening today? Praise God for the little ones, your little ones, my little ones that are becoming Christians as they hear the Gospel and understand their sins and they're offensive to God, their sins offensive to Him and He will forgive them if they come to Him. Have you had that appointment? Let's just, I hate saying in closing, because it goes a little bit longer consider some of the people who had had an appointment with God we won't turn to them, we don't have time but in John chapter 3 can you remember what man had an appointment with God, he made this appointment with God himself Nicodemus, Nicodemus. (laughs) he had an appointment with God at at night he snuck in at night I don't like saying that because Nicodemus is going to get on me if I say that he snuck in (laughs) at night to meet the Lord and he had some questions he wanted answered he was of the Sanhedrin he was of the 70 special people that re- run the religious affairs of Israel they've got that 70 now again huh. the Sanhedrin's up and running again but he was one of them but he could see there's something different about this Jesus huh. and, and he, he they had the words of eternal life he said what, what is it and he come to understand that night that he needed to be what born again That was his appointment and he did get saved because he stood up for the Lord in life and in the Lord's death he came came with Joseph of Arimathea to take the body of Christ to burial. The next chapter the book of John there's another person had an appointment with the Lord. Who was it? Chapter 4 of John the Samaritan woman you see, the Lord was, was wearied and thirsty, and he rested at the well. He sent the disciples off. He knew what was about to happen. He didn't want other people interfering. This is a one-on-one occasion that he was talking with this, this woman that had five husbands. And she got saved that day. Come see a man that told me all things that I ever did, said the woman at the well. <laughs> you see, God knows all things that we ever did. And then they came of Samaria, the city of Samaria, and many of them believed having heard for themselves the Lord Jesus Christ. That was their appointment. Then there's that little man, what was his name? Zacchaeus. And the Lord was walking down, crowds everywhere, thronging him, you know, touching his garment. He's walking down and he stopped right under the tree, the sycamore tree, we had one at the farm. And he looked up into the sycamore tree and who's up in the sycamore tree? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Little Zacchaeus, a tax collector. Don't you love tax collectors? But he was up in the tree. <laughs> they take twice as much. I shouldn't say that because last week I told you to pay your taxes. Now I'm saying no. He was up in the tree just so he could see Jesus because he was a small fellow and lost in the crowd. And the Lord stopped and Zacchaeus, <laughs> he, boom, 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 whoops, he stopped right under the tree. Well, just, I can enjoy listening to him. And then he looked up. Zacchaeus, come down. Today, I must abide at thy house. Wow. <laughs> that got him racing. He didn't have a phone a mobile to say, hey, wife, get it all ready. we got someone coming for for lunch. But he got saved. Today, I give half my goods to the poor. I give back everything I and I and I give with interest those that I've taken from wrongfully salvation made a change instantly to him that was his appointment Luke 19.5 there's the rich young ruler and this one I will turn to in Luke chapter 19 and verse 16 no that's not the one we looked at the rich young ruler before, did we not? Where was it? You say you've got the notes, <laughs> but I've written it wrong. <laughs> anyway, well, we won't look him up. <laughs> the rich young ruler, and the Lord, <clears throat> you know, said, he "said You know, do this, this, all those things I've kept from my youth up. I've been a very good boy, <laughs> but one thing thou lackest." And the Lord put his finger on the spot, didn't he? Sell all that thou hast and give it to the poor. And he was very rich. And he went away very sorrowful. He had his appointment, but he went away unsaved. What a, and forever and for from that point, he was a, he was, he's going to be a very sad individual. There's the lame man that met Peter, and we read about that in Sunday school, or around that area in Sunday school this morning. He, he, he was there as a beggar. Peter come past. Peter stopped. Peter and James, wasn't it? And he looked up, you know, give me some money. Have you ever been asked by a beggar for some? You know what it feels like to say no or, or yes or whatever. And, and Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. Rise up and walk. And now you can earn some money. But rise up and walk. And he's leaping up. Praise God. He truly was excited about his salvation. He got saved that day. And they couldn't deny it, the religious leaders, but they tried to. They'd like to kill that man because he was a good testimony for the Lord Jesus. The Ethiopian eunuch, he was just riding along in his charity and the stranger turned up. Running along next to him and said, you can, can you understand what you're reading about? <laughs> the Lord took the evangelist, Philip the evangelist, there. No, no, I can't. Go, hop up. Jump in. And off they went down the road reading Isaiah 53. Understandest thou what thou readest? No. Show me. And he believed. If thou believest, thou mayest be baptized. And, and he said, I believe. He got saved that. It was his appointment. You see, everybody has that appointment. Now, I hope I've got this reference right. Acts, I know I have. <laughs> I looked this definitely up. Acts 24 and 22. And, Felix, and when Felix heard these things, having more perfect knowledge of that way, he understood the Christian way. He is a leader in, his, in the nation of Israel. He, defer, he deferred them and said, When Lysias, the chief captain, shall come down, I will know the uttermost of your matter. Verse 24 now. <clears throat> and after certain days, when Felix was, came with his wife Drusilla, who was a Jewess, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning faith in Christ. He had heard it, it had heard it, and it had heard it again. <laughs> this is the third time we know that he'd heard it. And as he reasoned of right, Paul was reasoning of righteous, righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come. Felix, what did he do? He was trembling. And he said, go thy way, for this time when I have a more convenient season, I will call for thee. Bad move. Bad mistake. God doesn't have to come knocking another time when he's knocked once, twice, three times to this man. When it's more convenient, I'll become a Christian. It's never going to be convenient to become a Christian. There's things you have to give up and things you have to change. Go thy way for this time. I don't know if you've spoken to people when they're like Felix. What did he literally do when the message of salvation was given to him? He was trembling. He was shaking. I was standing at a graveside once and a young lady was trembling after the funeral. She was shaken by the message. She said so that happened here I haven't heard that she'd become a Christian yet and another person was standing right next to her that was conversion therapy wasn't it that's what they told me that I was preaching and they were, they were here they're not a Christian either they said you were, you were doing conversion therapy they weren't criticising they had a smile on their face I said yeah you need to get saved you need to get saved and death is a good reminder of that This is an appointment you need today to keep if you haven't. Chapter 26 of the book of Acts. There's a few leaders here that Paul had the privilege to testify to. There's Felix and there's Festus in verse 24 of chapter 26. And we read, And as he thus spoke for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, Thou art beside thyself. Much learning hath made you mad. You've been in the Bible too long. You're a Bible basher. Be quiet, I've had enough. Much much learning doth make me. Maybe you've had that said to you. But he said, I am not mad, most noble Felix, but speak forth the words of truth and soberness. This is real. This is serious. You need to do business with God. For the king knoweth of these things, he said, before whom I speak freely, for I am persuaded that none of these things are hidden from him, for this thing was not done in the corner. We're not sneaking around as Christians in the corner. King Agrippa, Paul Paul turns to the other guy there, King Agrippa, Believest thou the prophets? I know that thou believest. I know your history. Then Agrippa said unto him, What? Almost thou persuadest me. It doesn't say he got saved. It doesn't say he'd become a Christian, but almost. And the, the record is never that he did get saved. We don't have a record of that. And so from that point on, where he rejected the message and is now swept out through death into eternity, he remembered these words that he said, almost you persuaded me to become a Christian. Today, what about you? Don't be almost, but as Paul said to him, be all together and everybody, please, Please believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And as God has said in Ezekiel three eleven, as I as I saith, so as I live saith the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. I have no pleasure. God does not want anyone to die unsaved. He wants you to make this appointment keep this appointment, believe when you have this appointment on the Lord Jesus Christ that if thou, what, shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead what, thou shalt be saved Heavenly Father thank you for the word the serious word that you've given us this sobering thought if there is one here today that you are knocking at their heart's door and they, they know they need to repent. They know they need to exercise faith and believe on the Lord Jesus. May they do that today. Lord, we would love to twist their armour behind their back and make them, but, but you gently invite them. And it's their choice, their choice. May they be, be saved today. And for Christians, may we be preparing for the beamer seat because nothing we take but our works And those around us whom we love can we take to heaven. Bless as we consider and contemplate the words of this morning. We ask in Jesus' name.